hey, the show started. We're recording. <laughs> Leave it all in. Who cares? Um, no. Okay. So yeah, let's be professional, guys. Get it together. Okay. Wait. Wait. We um have started becoming professional. What? Well, let, let me do the countdown again, so we're all clear. Three, two. One. We begin with the letter A. A is for. M is for murder. E is for. Danger. And uh. Dodge. With. Monster. Help! Love me and be the please. Help! Yeah. Okay, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Is for Podcast. Tonight, I will be, I guess, conducting the derailing train, uh, with with a topic. But as always, we have the dangerous Mr. Danger himself. I wouldn't describe myself as dangerous, but thank you. I'll, uh, well, if danger is your middle name, then that is false advertising. It absolutely is. Okay, fair enough. And then the other is not any kind of false advertising. It is the Sarge himself. Howdy, guys. I want everyone to be aware that for this episode and this episode only... I have not read into it. I have not looked up any facts. I, have, I haven't even seen a movie in the past 20 years. So we're going to see how this goes. Well, yeah, I think the spoiler last time, alert. I, I think the last time I watched this movie was uh, 10, maybe 15 years ago. I mean, it's yeah, it's been a long time. Well, let me just tell you, for the demographic of our audience that doesn't see the titles of these episodes and just clicks on them arbitrarily, they now know that it's a movie. So thanks for spoiling the reveal, okay? I Sorry, have you have you seen the musical Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Okay, um, let's just, okay. Let, let's hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let, let's just let's just go ahead and hammer this out now. Almost every topic we do for every letter has something to do with either a video game or a movie. If our audience is not smart enough to put that together by now, I mean, sorry guys. Well, let me tell you, for tonight. You are uh, 100% correct, but we'll have some surprises in the future. But without further ado, tonight is the letter K for, and in post, I'm going to need someone to add some echo to this, okay? <clears throat> Killer clowns from outer space. Space, space, space. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Flawless. Uh, for... For those that have been living under a rock, Killer Clowns from Outer Space was a film released in May of 1988. It is very hard to describe the plot, so bear with me here. It is about clowns that are killers from outer space. Okay, is everybody caught up? The title threw me for a loop, but your, your explanation really brought it home. Thank you. I'm a big fan of titles that tell you exactly what you're getting. Like when you sit down at a movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there is no debate about what is happening. I feel you like know? it was very misleading if that's your standard. That's true. That's true. It is the polar opposite of said philosophy. You know, my sister in law texted me and said, Adam said I could see it, but I don't think he's talking about the movie. So, yeah. Very well, misleading. in that case, I kind of hope it is the movie because I don't want to try to guess what the alternative it may be. Yeah, I'm already saying that's that's water. I don't want to tread in. So it was his penis. Oh, there we go. We didn't need to. Oh, so, moving on. Uh, this film was, like I said, released May 27th, 1988. Um, it was written, directed and produced by a group of guys known as the Chiodos Brothers. 
Now, if you're a fan of screamo and post-hardcore, that might sound familiar thanks to the band Chiodos. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the only film that they actually directed. The Chiodos brothers were known for their special effects. Um, they worked on a lot of movies in the, the 80s and 90s doing the special effects. Um, some of the more well-known ones were Critters and the uh, Oscar-worthy Ernest Scared Stupid. I feel like... I uh, will tell you, Critters was my favorite movie. It really is. I loved <laughs> Critters, but I felt like Critters was like the Kmart Gremlins. Like the off oh, that's yeah, exactly that's what made it, it so great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it was. 100%. There was another movie that was loosely based off the Gremlins. I forget what it was called, but it was not Critters. Well, there was Critters and Ghoulies, and um, there's there's a handful more. But yeah, once one <laughs> thing takes off, they there's all go. There's copycats. You know. Right. I will say um, what Critters did that I thought was great is they allowed their little monsters to come together and make a giant ball, a giant ball that would run people over and leave nothing but bones. Well... So, so to, to get a little bit back on topic with Killer Clowns, though, very <laughs> similar. They have some uh, interesting ways of dispatching of their humans. So I, I made the joke earlier about, you know, the plot synopsis, but I'll, I'll give you a little more detail as far as what's going on here. So basically, here's, here's kind of the plot of the film. There's a couple that's making out at, uh, like, Inspiration Point. And they see a quote-unquote shooting star. So when they go to investigate it, they don't find a crater or, or, or a meteorite. They find a giant carnival tent. When they go inside the carnival tent, they realize this is no ordinary carnival tent. This is a spaceship. Now, if you're not sitting on the edge of your seat thinking this is great, buckle in because this is going to be a bumpy ride. Okay? Hopefully, if you're listening to this in your car, you are already buckled, but don't go off road. It's not going to be that bumpy. I mean, can we can, can we sit here and be like, you know, the the top three things that these that this couple made mistakes they made already? Well, uh, well, I'll go ahead and tell you the first mistake is when they cut to them in the back of the station wagon making out. They're in an inflatable raft. It's never explained. There's never any real good reason Cushioning. for it. But have you never have you ever never made out in the back of a station wagon? Have you I'm ever inflated saying... a raft in the back seat of your car? It's terrible. It's a station like, wagon. It just, it's a station wagon. Doesn't... I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense logistically. I'm saying that it's never explained within the film. Okay. And then at this some point, a... aren't they shown being like outside and still making out? Well, so that's when the ice cream brothers show up. Um, don't make me get into the ice cream guys, okay? They're basically like the comic relief. Yes. If you need comic relief for a film called Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you realize they're unnecessary, okay? So the less said about them, the better. They are kind of the, uh, I know what they were going for, but it was not the best executed. It was the, the most poorly done overdubbing of any mouth yeah. to audio ever. None of their words line up to their mouths during no. their entire, at least that intro part. I'm not sure about later on, but yeah, so that when they get out of the truck, everything they're saying is not the words that are uh, coming through your speakers. So so as I said, this, this particular couple go to investigate this um, carnival tent, and they go inside, and they realize it's a spaceship. They also find bodies 
that have been wrapped like cocoons in cotton candy. There is also a scene shortly thereafter where they try to explain this to the police, where they say the word cocoon five times in about nine seconds. And it is the most like, they're in cocoons? Yes, cocoons. Are you sure they're cocoons? They're cocoons. We get it. Okay. So so something that I noticed when I was watching clips of it, because again, I haven't watched the whole thing in forever, but I do like how they just got to Earth and they already have a supply of bodies in cocoons. Like, there's been no time for them to gather, you know. They are just efficient. They are. Well, so they actually, if before the um, the making out couple get to the carnival tent, there is one sort of like detour where this, this old man on a farm and his dog go and investigate first. And he gets kidnapped into the, the big top. And that's the the body they find cocooned. Um, when this happens, by the way, what the the old dog? man. We'll get there. Oh. Um, the old man is actually played by Royal Dano, which is like might not mean much to most people, but he was like a huge star in the seventies and eighties, like in Western films, and was like a real serious actor. And so in this role, he's only in the movie for about eight minutes, and it's the most like. Gosh darn it, that was crazy. It it's oh it's bad. It's so bad. Um his name is Royal? Yeah, his real name, Royal Dano. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh and yes, he goes to investigate with his dog. Um if you look real carefully when the kids find his cocoon of cotton candy. Cocoon? Yes, a cocoon. cocoon. Um cocoon? it's if you look real carefully kind of near him, there is a much smaller cocoon. And it is implied that that is indeed his dog, Pooh. Yes. Yes. His dog's name is Pooh. Um, and he's in a cocoon. Needless to say, once all this gets discovered, the making out couple goes to tell the police. The police believe nothing because why would they believe it? And then for the duration of the film, these giant grotesque looking clowns that nobody seems to like look at in any sort of like, Hey, what the hell is that? It's always just like, oh, it's a clown doing a puppet right. show. And they're just totally into it. It's totally fine. Um, these clowns run amok. They shoot people with lasers. They eat people with giant shadow puppets. They use popcorn that comes to life and turns into these, like, snake things with clown heads. I want to uh, talk about the shadow puppet. Okay. Because that is one of the best moments of the film, for sure. I loved it because it's this clown approaches just this group of people in an alleyway because, you know, middle mm -hmm. class, sure, upper sure. class looking people just hang out in alleyways. And what, what city is this in? Is it in like New York or does well, it ever say? It, it's filmed. It, it was filmed in Watsonville, California, and they used the Santa Cruz boardwalk. Um, okay. But it's, I don't think it ever actually states like this is okay. California. So, this is whatever. So a, upper middle class family is hanging out in the alleyway in Noville, no town, whatever. Basically. And a grotesque looking clown approaches. Nobody says anything. It's night. So already it could be leading into something creepy and then just surprises them by doing an absurdly good bunny shadow puppet on the wall. And, uh -huh, then, uh -huh. and then it turns into a, uh, seductive woman dancing yep. on uh -huh. the wall. And these and people are next. still standing out. 
and then it turns into a T-Rex. And uh, uh, the... you missed one. Oh, sorry. Before what? the T-Rex, it turns into Washington crossing the Potomac. Oh, <laughs> I missed that. You're right. But you don't get to go rewatch this movie now. Oh uh, man, it's even more ridiculous. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, hey, here's two. <clears throat> here, here's something that is uh, friendly, obscure, and friendly. And then here is something that is objective. And then here is something that is subjective depending on how history was taught to you and then we're going to turn into a t-rex from the wall and eat people and then gather yeah. these people and put them yeah. into a clown briefcase of popcorn and it's just absurd it's absolutely so, absurd so again i say if this sounds like a good time to you then you are in the right place oh I, it does the last not, time i watched it, i laughed so hard it was great i was gonna say if you if you just hang in there <laughs> so if I may ask, right, the, the settings sure. for this is in the 80s, right? Yes. So where well, else would upper middle, uh, where would upper yes, middle class but... go to get heroin and drugs? Because that stuff was prevalent back in the 80s. You know, this I mean, wasn't a Alice. social commentary film. Um, <laughs> so I was just asking. I mean, so a lot, of, a lot of horror films definitely have sort of a, uh, an undertone. They have a something there's sure there's the horror on the surface but then they're trying to tell you something deeper i can say with most certainty there is not much under the surface here this is about <laughs> killer clowns from, from outer space, space. Yes. Gotcha. um so after um all the clown shenanigans take place there's a really good climax with this thing that has been nicknamed Clownzilla. And it's basically just like this giant clown thing. It's very reminiscent of um, Dead Alive slash Brain Dead. Uh, if anybody's ever seen that, the the mom at the end, it's it looks very similar. Which just was played clown by makeup. one of the directors. Yes, 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 it was. Um, but no one really knows exactly like the exact breakdown. Technically, it was. Steven Chiodos is credited as the director, but it's it's kind of a, assumed that all three of them sort of wrote it, sort of produced it, sort of directed it. Um, so, uh, so you mentioned the the shadow puppet scene, and that's that's kind of, I think, pretty indicative of the vibe of the film. However, there's like two scenes in particular that kind of push the PG thirteen thing a little bit, and uh, I, I find them. Very interesting because obviously with a title like this, with a vibe like this, it, when you see the clowns, they're they're gross, but they're not overly scary or anything. But there's two scenes in particular that I feel like need to be kind of addressed. It, the first one is there is a scene where there's like a family eating at like a pizza parlor or something. And there's a little girl. She's probably seven, eight years hit. old. It probably is. Yes. Um and there is one of these clowns shows up like right outside the door and he starts to like wave at her. And again, because for some reason, nobody is freaked out by these horrific things. The little girl like giggles and, and waves back and the clown is like telling her, come on, like waving her towards him. And it's very uncomfortable. Like it's a very predatory moment in an otherwise very slapsticky kind of silly film. You yeah, it, it does have some uh, not questioning the, the grotesqueness of the clowns and how 
you know, they seem to lure children with their very inarticulate fingers. And four fingers on each hand, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they all just kind of move. They're about as articulate as their mouths. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's a. there is a bit of that that's a little bit creepy when you want to look at, you know, the whole clown, you know, grotesque clown luring a child out and whatnot. So, yeah. Right. But and I don't and think the, there's the, any undertone of anything being said in that. One. No, it's just it's just they thought this was a creepy moment. And obviously the, the, the little girl does not go out. The mom grabs her and says, get back here, you know, whatever. Um, get over here. So then the other one that I find kind of interesting is. Uh, there's like this police chief uh, who's played by a guy named uh, John Vernon. His character's name is Curtis Mooney. He he was in a bunch of stuff back in the day, and uh, but he plays this like grumpy old school cop who doesn't want to be there, and he starts drinking, and he's he's a mess. And there's a scene where one of the clowns basically turns him into a ventriloquist dummy. The people walk into the police station. There's this reveal where they turn around Dr. Evil style, and the clown has this policeman sitting in his lap, and he's, like, moving the mouth like a ventriloquist dummy talking. That part is like, okay, haha, whatever. The part that's a little bit unnecessary is when he pulls his hand out from inside of the police officer and, like, kind of, like, pulls it up to the camera and shakes the gook off of it. See, I feel like fitting with the rest of the movie, it should have been that he pulled his hand out and it was covered in cotton candy. Because he, you know, cotton candy <laughs> cocoons and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Cocoons? Cocoons. Cocoons. Are you sure there were cocoons? Cocoons. I'm sure and, they were cocoons. And not the Ron Howard elderly people cocoons. Ooh, that was a good movie. It was Invasion a good movie. of the Body Snatchers. Very good. Very good. Um, so the the movie climaxes with that clownzilla, but actually what kind of happens is there's this big fight, the ice cream brothers show back up with the with the ice cream truck. It's doesn't matter, it's nonsensical. But the best part is the spaceship flies away and all the clowns disappear, and the final shot is all of our heroes standing there looking up to the sky and they say, Is it over? Is it finally over? And then all of a sudden pies come in and smash them in the face. And that's when the credits roll. So well, it kind of leaves it open to the uh, for the sequel, the which I never saw the return. There is no fight. sequel. There, there is. is no sequel. Um, I found that there in my, is... my research. Wait, go ahead, go ahead. You may know more about the sequel. Obviously, you do. So yes, because the sequel has been in development hell for like twenty years. Um, they, if you Google around and click around, you will not find anything to watch. There is a title. Um, they have hinted at it being a movie. They have hinted at it being a series. Um, but as of now, there is nothing. Um, it, a matter of fact, this film didn't even get released on DVD until 2001. So it has developed a cult following over the years. But And, and not to say that it was a flop or anything when it came out. The budget for this film was uh, $1.8 million, and it grossed. And there's some conflicting reports, but it grossed around forty-three million. So yeah, it definitely I saw the forty-three million as well. Yeah, but no. So they had plans to make a sequel that was going to be called "The Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D." It was supposed to be released in 2012, but it still hasn't even entered in production. I heard there was a script at one point, and they didn't like it, and 
you know, I don't know if it'll ever come to fruition or not. But yeah, that's that's sort of the story on that. So do you know what this whole thing reminds me of? And and this is just again, this is just me showing my age. What's that? Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen when we had all yeah, when we had all those clown sightings and like parking garages oh, and yeah. people being chased and stuff like that. Okay. So in addition to trying to just going over the film and reminiscing about some of the cool stuff that happens in the film, I had two topics that I wanted to discuss with you guys. And had them the other way around. But since you brought that up, Stephen, we'll go ahead and jump to that one first. Why are people scared of clowns? I'm probably going to butcher this, but the correct term for this is coulrophobia. C-O-U-L-R-O-phobia. Yes. Um, it brings on feelings of fear when you see clowns or clown images. It's a specific phobic disorder that causes anxiety, a racing heart, nausea, and profuse sweating. Fight now, or flight syndrome. Yes. There's, there's all kinds. Sometimes people can get over it. Clowns are not something you necessarily see every day, so some people can kind of manage it. Um, there is some psychotherapy to kind of try to uh, help people with this problem. They say it may affect as many as 1 in 10 adults. Uh, I know of at least two people in my circle of friends and family that have this fear of clowns. However, I will say it is not recognized by the Hold DSM as sorry. an actual phobia. Um, uh, I'm not I'm not saying I'm afraid of clowns. I have a dislike for them because it's the face. It's not the antics. It's the face. I mean, it's like sleeping in a room full of porcelain dolls that are looking at the bed. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's just a dislike. So, but, I mean, I can see how one in ten may – I mean, I don't know anyone in my close circles that dislike clowns or but, hate clowns, have a fear of clowns. So so I'm not saying you're wrong because it is kind of creepy, that kind of just like porcelain doll face or whatever. But what makes them inherently frightening? Like what about it is like unsettled? Just the fact that their faces are disproportionate. Okay. One of the things that this dis – disorder uh kind of like speaks on is that it has something to do with the fa the the fact that it's like a false face like yeah it's it's people don't know what the clown looks like underneath all the grease paint um one of well, the I therapies mean, for this is to watch a person apply the makeup and then take it off so they know that it's not a real clown well, and, and here's the thing. Like, I appreciate – have you guys ever seen a geisha dance or a geisha show put on? Not in person, but I know. Well, I know what I mean, it I, is, yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, they wear, they wear the, the stoic faces, the painted faces as well, and that doesn't bother me because it's tastefully done. You can see the human outlines, but when you look at a clown face, it's like they have, like, big bulbous noses and you know it, it just doesn't sit well with some people and, and i get that i mean there's some clowns i could look at and be like like bozo the clown right love me some bozo the clown but i can't i can't be around them if they're like messing with me so i've had this thing about clowns i'm not afraid of clowns i mean when we were kids we had a cookie jar and it was a clown head you pull the hat off of it and you, you get you know, eat his brains, pecan daisies from inside. I don't, I don't know. It was a weird thing. Um, I remember my mom looked it up some years ago and it was worth a stupid amount of money, but regardless, 
I've always kind of had this thought about clowns that I've always thought it was a really strange thing that they're always painted to be happy. And then we started to see sad clowns. But you see a happy clown, and that person could be having the most god-awful day ever. And they're painted to be happy all the time. And that they're I always clowns. just thought was a weird thing. Right. I understand they're clowns, but they're painted to be happy. So it just yeah. always seemed like this very false thing <laughs> all around. But how and, is that any different than a stand-up comedian who's going through a divorce, who's lost his kids, who's got legal problems, and he gets up there and cracks jokes for 45 minutes? And a lot of times a stand-up comedian will make that part of their jokes or talk about it. You know, I've seen plenty of stand-up comedians who make jokes about the divorce right. and, and whatnot or will just sure. have a serious moment and just kind of talk about it. But, you know, stand-up comedians are at least a little more real than a clown. I well, just I also think for some people, Stephen King's It ruined it for him. Yes. I'll well, agree and, and, and we talked about this a little bit on, on a previous episode where we talked about, like, being afraid of clowns and where the first scary clown came from and all that. And um, it, it's hard to, to really say that because I've read the book. I think for people who have only seen the movies, um, Pennywise the Clown is a very, like, scary figure. But he was – in the book, he was not meant to be scary. Pennywise was meant to be, like, the fun, happy clown that you wanted to hang out with, and then he lured you in that way. The new films, Tim Curry and uh, Skarsgård, I mean, as soon as you see them, that's a scary clown. That's well, a damn scary clown. Well, I think that those clowns are scary, you know, both of those uh, iterations of that same character. I think those are scary because we know what it is. We know what's coming. Sure. You know? And, yeah, sure, Pennywise, even the Tim Curry Pennywise looked friendly, but you still knew what you were getting into. You knew it was a horror movie. You knew it was scary. You know, right. Fine. But then Killer Clowns from Outer Space – those clowns look god-awful, you know, yeah. and you know what they're there to do. So I think it's I think it's less that it's all left to it. And it's a lot of it's been as, um, attributed to other places where clowns have been given a kind of scary imagery and a nefarious purpose for why they're there and what they're doing. You know, and mm -hmm. I think that that has leaked its way into just the general, you know, looking at a clown and that's what they are. The clown could be scary. And it's kind of spun out of control from there. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's just like due to just the nature of man, anytime we see something that is by definition supposed to be positive, we tend to imagine, well, what if it's the opposite of that? Like what if the person that you're supposed to run to for help doesn't help you you know and i think that that's part of what freaks a lot of people out about clowns is they look so friendly they're just supposed to be these sweet happy fun guys but then who knows what's behind it um i i actually personally i think the scary clown thing started back in the 70s with john wayne gacy um the that actual real life serial killer anything. yeah um who you know he was a clown by day and a horrendous monster by night but uh in the case of these clowns specifically there is no trying to guess like 
oh, they look like a happy clown and fun clown. No, these things look like freakazoids. Like, uh, <laughs> and it's never explained within the context of the film why they look the way they do. Like, what planet they're from, where this is like an acceptable look. Like, none of that they're is ever explained. Planet. Hey, image is in the eye of the beholder. No. Beauty is no, no. it's beauty. No, that's beauty is beauty. in the eye. I, of the I know, but I messed it up. It's about as messed up as these things look. <laughs> but it, it, let us be clear for anybody who has not seen the film. Um, we're saying they look awful, but not like in a like a, a shitty way. Like they look awful, but like in a cool practical effects kind of way. Well, I think or at least I am. <laughs> I think I think Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a great example of where you can't try to make a bad movie you make a movie and your budget and ability which i would expect a lot more from guys who do special effects on a regular basis but you know you you can't make a bad movie you make a movie and it ends up being shit well and and, and for the record i don't think this movie is shit by any means i think it's campy i think oh, it's yeah. ridiculous but i don't think it's trying to be anything that it's not. I think it pretty much they named the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Like I think that they kind of knew what they were making. However, with that being said, that was not the original title. Um they originally just going to call it Killer Clowns, but this was the 80s. This was the height of the slasher pit and they were like, eh, "Let's uh let's add something so people know this isn't just a cuz there was actually another slasher flick that came out right around the same time might have just been called clowns or something like that but it, it was just a slasher flick with clowns that murdered people um <laughs> and it didn't it was not funny it even had a couple of moments that were a little bit um it, it's a little bit infamous it, it's it's got some kind of controversial moments in it but yeah so that's where the name came from so then the other thing i wanted to talk about which you kind of kind of segue into a, a little bit there about trying to make a good movie or trying to make a bad movie on purpose kind of thing um with doing some research for this this movie i kind of came to the realization all of this stuff goes in about a 25 to 30 year cycle so what was cool about 25 30 years ago becomes nostalgically cool again and you see this in music and in TV and other places, but most specifically in film. And so in the 80s, people, a lot of people remember it as like a big slasher boom. But the other thing that was going on in the 80s, especially for films, was the resurgence of the sci-fi B-movie. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a great example of an original property that kind of pays homage to some of that. But some of the coolest, like, sci-fi slash horror films of the 80s were actually remakes of 50s movies the fly the thing the blob these were all really popular 80s films because they were really popular 50s films okay so, so i looked up i looked hold on a second i looked up clown movies from the 80s clown horror movies from the 80s uh -huh. and i have the top i have the top nine killer clowns from outer space blood harvest Poltergeist, Out of the Dark, The House on Sorority Roll, Holy Blood, The Fun House, Slaughter High, and The Ghost House. 
The Fun House is a good one. That's a Toby Hooper film. He's the guy that wrote and directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not great, but it's it's kind of cool. I don't but, um, think I've seen or heard of most of those, but I would not classify Poltergeist as a clown movie. It's a yeah. horror movie that has a clown in it. It's a toy that yeah, it's like a jack in the box. Know, not even really a clown. I thought it was a thing I'm like a, town, a clown that sat in the like at a chair. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's just like well, a, a toy clown. You're right. Yeah, it's a like saw. It's a toy clown. Eh, that's would, a puppet. Yeah, that's a puppet. It's it's a puppet with a tricycle. You're messing up the minutia here, okay? These are details that are important. I can't agree with you. No, more. they're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hey, someone's got to derail the train here. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, so I was noticing that like. So in the 80s, the 50s were kind of like the nostalgia thing. Right. And now that we're in the 20, uh, you know, 2022, but like 2015, 2016 is when we started to see kind of like the resurgence of the 90s stuff. You had the, the one that I was noticing is uh, just within the past couple of years, obviously the It remakes that kind of go back to the 80s and, and whatever um, kind of pay homage to 20, 30 years earlier. Um, but then also, they just released a new Scream movie. That's yeah. a series. Well, they have the series, but now they're doing a film too, right? It's crazy. Is it a reboot, or is it just a sequel too? Yeah, it's one of those things. Or like, I'm given, pretty the, sure right now. given the Scream movie from before, it was very self-referential, so I yeah. assume it would be a sequel boot. I'm pretty sure you're exactly right. I think it's just it called Scream, and it's going to be... It's called Scream, set to yeah. come out in late 2022. Actually, coming soon, release date just changed to January 14th, 2022. Yeah. And the synopsis is 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, new killer 25. emerges, and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. Okay, so sequel boot. Yep, and, and it seems to be like the 20 to 30 year cycle um i think about like e even star wars you know uh i don't know the exact dates of when return of the jedi came out versus attack of the or um, phantom menace versus the force awakens but i would venture to gather that it's about a 20 to 30 year gap between those films and they took a gap you know took some years off from making those and then put out turds and I just looked at uh, like Nev Campbell did not age well. Nah, she didn't. But I mean, <laughs> but I just found it really interesting that like, you know, we talk about like remakes and you know why are they remaking this film and why are they remaking that film and it seems like every twenty to thirty years is when people start to feel nostalgic for you know stuff that they they grew up on or or whatever it may be. Um, I think that some of these remakes and reboots suffer when they don't give it that time to become nostalgic. To like, yeah, that's kind of when the oversaturation happens. And I think that people don't love, now, first of all, people don't love when their, their beloved franchise gets messed up. You know, um, you, you have to be very careful. My, my favorite movies are the evil dead movies. So when they were remaking evil dead, I was very like, apprehensive you know um but they put out a good thing 
they put out a good thing and if you go into it just knowing what it is and not expecting an exact replica you know it has its merits but you know specifically i found it very interesting i i, I hadn't thought about until i was doing the research that like right at the exact same time these movies were coming out like these new original films there was all these remakes of you know classic 50s sci-fi horror films that were now classic sci-fi horror films in their own right like the fly is a really good example i mean the 1958 version had vincent price and is really really good then the 1986 version with jeff goldblum is really really good you know right those are both fantastic films I have seen yeah. them. It's been a long time since I've seen either one of them. But yeah. you know, I think uh I think the whole thing about certain movies becoming uh rebooted and remade and whatnot, I feel like it has to have a certain amount of pull at the beginning and then a certain amount of, you know, over time nostalgia value. And I really feel like clearly killer clowns really only got it in the last few years. Yeah, and, and I don't know if we'll ever see that sequel. I don't know that we have really need to see that sequel. We don't need to. Uh, I think we we'll need see. a sequel. You think so? We need it. I would like to see, because um, there's there's no, like, again, to go back to Evil Dead, you've got, like, Ash, who is is kind of like an iconic character. People want to see more of Ash. Um, I'm not the biggest Scream fan in the world, but Sidney Prescott is kind of a final girl hero just like um, Jamie Lee Curtis's and the Halloween films, you know? So if you have something like that to, to gravitate and cling on to, I can see you you pushing forward. Killer Clowns ain't got shit. They it got really big, well, I mean, goofy rubber suits, and it's uh, a lot of fun, and it's cheese ball, but it, it I, I just can't imagine a 2022 version of Killer Clowns from Outer Space and it being... You can't do... It can't do any worse than the last Ghostbusters reboot. Well, the one with the all the girls was was, yeah. was bad, but that's I what I'm talking about. Afterlife, yeah, but Afterlife just came out. Afterlife, apparently that's Afterlife, really good. Yeah, that's what I hear a lot of people saying. They they're saying that it. they I should mean, take the all females Ghostbusters away from the franchise and just pretend like it doesn't exist, like Jar Jar Binks and Star Wars. I'm really good at pretending neither one of those things exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need like a formal letter to tell me to forget they exist. I've already kind of moved on. <laughs> I've accepted that these things just didn't happen, or just, just I don't think about them ever. But to your point, uh, Casey, I, I agree that there has to be some kind of nostalgic pull. But at the end of the day. It's about money. It's about, is there enough money to warrant a Killer Clowns uh, sequel, remake, reboot? And I, I don't think so, because even like films like, again, I, I keep bringing it up, but like The Evil Dead, I mean, this is a, a, a cheap, low-budget B-film, but it sort of kind of took on a life of its own and garnered a lot of respect over the years. Whereas Killer Clowns, it's just a silly movie for fun. You know, there's not really like a uh, like this huge commanding fan base. Right. It has its it has its supporters, obviously, but not as ravenous as some of these others. 
film school. And I think that if they were going to try to remake a reboot or give it that sequel that has been around, you know, in production hell, as you said, and I, I don't think it's going to be given the same treatment as the original, where, you know, it's given a kind of goofy slapstick treatment overall. And if yeah. it's, you know, given, you know, whatever else were to come next for it, it's going to be taken a lot more serious, you know. When's the last time you saw a modern, good horror comedy movie? Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is the last one I saw, and that came out 20 years ago. <laughs> I, I love movie. Tucker and Dale. God, yeah. such a good movie. Yeah, um, it's a great movie, but you know, if you're going to be making a killer clowns from outer space, it's just not going to have the same feel as the first one. It's going to be you know, over-the-top, gratuitous violence, sure, but it's going to come off as more just cheesy and bad than it is campy and silly yeah like i feel like there's a way to make it and make it interesting but you would have to have a team behind it that actually respected the property and and again i think the original plan was uh the chiodos brothers were going to do their own sequel um but now that it's so far removed i would have to imagine that it would be put into the hands of somebody else and it would really have to be somebody that sees killer clowns from outer space as you know reverent like something to be respected and something to you know cherish because like uh I, th I think a really good example of this is the 2000 and whatever reboot remake of the thing it was supposed to be like a prequel to the john carpenter thing it tried really hard but it got so bogged down in the special effects again the Thing by John Carpenter in 82, I think it was, has some of the greatest practical effects in all of horror movie history. It's unbelievable what they did. And the more recent version, they tried to use practical effects, and someone, some studio head said, nah, nah, you gotta, you gotta digitize it and put all this other, like, shit on there. And it ruined it. It, it, it yeah. makes it not fun to watch anymore. And I have a bad feeling that a film so based on practical effects like Killer Clowns is, I think I think some studio direct is gonna ah oh, the the kids aren't gonna like that plastic clown thing. You gotta you gotta snazz it up and and it's, it's gonna. Well, just think about what happened with the Ninja Turtles. You know, the original Ninja Turtles movies right. were were actual outfits, there you actual go. suits. Loved them. But Perfect then example. The Michael Bay remake. It was all digitized you know, suits and whatnot, and it looked bad. It just looked yep. bad. You know, there's a lot more about that movie that was bad than just the suits, but... Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja Shrek. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was... I, didn't... I, I don't think it's going to be handled the same way that the original was. No, not even a little well, bit. We have to just make sure that when, when these movies come out, there's going to be nothing we can say or do to ensure that some aging exec is going to... I can't do Luke's voice about, I don't have any kids nowadays. I can't, ah, I can't see these voice. young whippersnappers in their video games. You got to make it all explosive -y. Yeah, you know, it's not going to happen. I mean, like, like when they redid the Predator movie with Adrian Brody, which, number one, that movie standalone by itself wasn't bad. Right. I don't, I don't think, think it was a bad part of the. I don't think it belonged in the Predator franchise as is, but you know they went from the the Predator suits from the from the 
late 80s to this they they essentially showed this dude walking around with all the little balls and stuff on him for the uh cgi mm-hmm. it just ruined it. it 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 just ruined it like if the reveal want, was not there if they want to make a legit predator reboot remake they need to put jean claude van damme back in the lobster suit let him run amok if you don't know what i'm talking about look it up it's a real thing that happened i don't understand but it doesn't matter um and and not to mention the next remake slash reboot predators that was should have been good it was written by shane black is just a disaster and it's like we're we're kind of you know get ready because now that we're in the 2022 scream you're gonna see stuff from the 90s now mm-hmm. there's the 90s nostalgia um just recently on netflix you had fear street which is the 90s goosebumps uh or rl stein's other book series other than goosebumps from the 90s being made into films you're gonna see over the next couple of years films from the 90s becoming like a, a thing again because of that 25 30 year cycle i think to get a better predators movie you should really just sit down and watch a montage of chris hansen catching predators in the house as they come to meet young girls just child predators the whole way well thanks everybody for tuning in to the letter k for killer clowns from outer space (laughs) (laughs) i got nothing else and i feel like ending on a, a note of child predatory television shows is uh is a high mark to go out on. I can't think of a better way to wrap this up. Well, those predators <laughs> certainly did go out in handcuffs. Which is good. Yeah, Which is yeah. good. I'm glad they did. All right. <laughs> Does anybody have any parting words of wisdom? Oh, um, no. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the new year. All right. This is going to come out in the beginning of the new year. So, yeah, I guess I, I do have one small parting wisdom. Don't make a resolution. Yeah. Right. You're either you're either gonna set you're either gonna set a goal and achieve it, or you're not. Your friends are gonna notice you do it, or they're not. They're gonna help you, or they won't. I mean, just make an attainable goal and go for it. That's all. I'm gonna actually piggyback on that. That's something I've actually said lately: is don't make resolutions, make goals. Make a personal goal for yourself for the next year. Don't buy a gym membership and say you're gonna start working out. Just buy some dumbbells. Start doing push-ups. Just start simple. Go walk around the block. It's easy. I mean, I have a gym membership, and my biggest fear is the resolutioners yep. that get in there, and they're like, they got their phones. I know people can't see me when I do this, but they're all like selfies and texting, and they're on the equipment taking their sweet old damn time. <sighs> I can only imagine that like the whole month of January is like rush hour at the gym. I yeah, can't even imagine. Is. I haven't stepped in a gym since like, 2006 so i mean i'm not saying i know um but yeah i i take adeline to school monday wednesday friday i hit the gym monday wednesday friday right after i drop her off and usually it's about dead i can pop on any machine i want you know rock out and get my whole my workout done in a couple hours not in january not in january yeah i feel like you know retail stores have black friday grocery stores have the day before thanksgiving and gyms have january 3rd through the 17th. Yeah, people are going to read that fine print. (laughs) All right, folks. You got anything, Luke? 
Anything else, no. Mr. Monster? Nothing? No, nope, I'm good. Uh, I would say, just to you know, reiterate, if you like cheesy B-movies, if you like a little dose of laughter with your, your horror movie, um, this there, you could do worse than Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Ooh, I do have one other funny tidbit, though. In the, in the, the two things, actually. Number one, the theme song is by a punk band called The Dickies, and yes. it's very fun. Um, I did know that. They, they did not know what the movie was about. They only knew the name, and they wrote a song off of that. And you can tell, and it's funny. Um, and I believe the they recorded it before the movie was ever shot. I believe it, yes. I 100% believe that. And number two, there is a fairly famous person who is in a very brief little moment before they were famous. It's actually while the opening credits are still running. This guy is walking across the street carrying a bag full of beer, and a police car drives by, and all he does is shake his head and say, Pops. And this guy is Chris Titus. Do you know who he is? Christopher Titus. Yes. Yep. The comedian? Yep. Yes. Ah. This he had a was good his... show on, too. Yep, yep. Yep, that was his first acting role ever. <laughs> a mildly famous cameo. At the beginning, I'm telling nice. you, man these these old horror movies, man they're just they're just full of little nuggets like that. You gotta keep your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, for K is for Killer Clowns. Monster has from outer space. Uh, yes, Killer Clowns from outer space. <laughs> Sorry, I, I guessing don't cousins out. from West Virginia. Oh no, no, that's that's a different type of movie. I haven't seen that one. All right. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, everyone. Later.